Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Global Venturing Review podcast. My name is Thierry Helis. I am the editor of Global University Venturing and as always I shall also bring you the week's biggest news from global corporate venturing and global impact venturing. Let's start as always with the biggest headlines of the week. Starting with digital payment technology and services provider Stripe which last raised money in October 2019, closing $850 million from investors including Alphabet Unit GV at a whopping $36 billion valuation. But its next round could double that, sources told Bloomberg, adding that it has opened discussions with prospective investors and that a $100 billion valuation may very well be on the cards, or the term sheet as it may be. That hike would mirror the huge share price rises for competitors Square and PayPal in recent months. Also interesting, last week a bit of a crossover between the corporate and impact venturing worlds. Machiavelli's views on change have been borne out over the centuries. He who innovates will have as his enemies all those who are well off under the existing order of things and only lukewarm supporters in those who might be better off under the new. COVID-19, however, has changed the status quo by disrupting most people and leading to growing inequality in wealth, healthcare and other social and environmental metrics. When change has already affected most people, then the opportunities come in offering to manage responsibly the forces released. Canada-listed phone operator Telus has paid heat in setting up a 100 million Canadian dollars, that's about 76.5 million US dollars, social impact corporate venturing fund to complement its existing Telus Ventures unit under Rich Osborne. Darren Antwistle, president and CEO of Telus, said, quote, This $100 million investment will accelerate potent, scalable and socially responsible services coming to market, helping to answer some of the most pressing challenges facing our world, including socioeconomic inclusiveness. The Telus Pollinator Fund for Good, as it's called, will target healthcare entrepreneurs, social and economic inclusion and ensuring for sustainable food production under Blair Miller, managing partner and Telus's former VP of Consumer Products and Content. Miller said, quote, The investment made by the Telus Pollinator Fund for Goods aren't restricted to Canadian-based companies driving social innovation. It's open to entrepreneurs worldwide looking to scale and grow their impacts in Canada. When it came to exits, we have mobile commerce platform developer Wish, which has become the third US-based tech company to file for a $1 billion IPO in the space of a week. As listeners will know, Airbnb and Roblox, of course, filed just over a week ago. JD.com reportedly invested up to $55 million in Wish as part of a Series D round in 2015 that valued it at $3.5 billion but that valuation had soared to more than $11 billion as of its last round, a Series H in August last year. It has seen substantial revenue growth this year, though its net losses increased at the same time. When it came to crossover news, Catamaran Bio, a US-based cancer treatment developer founded out of University of Minnesota and George Washington University, Launched last week with $42 million of Series A funding co-led by Sophie Nova Partners and Lightstone Ventures. Takeda Ventures, a strategic investment arm of pharmaceutical firm Takeda, also took part in the round, as did SV Health Investors and Astalis Venture Management. 
Incorporated in September 2019, Catamaran Bio is developing cell therapies for a broad range of cancers, including solid tumors. The spin-out hopes to deliver off-the-shelf drugs as opposed to some therapy treatments that, of course, require samples extracted from the patient. Cal shall allow it to progress two lead programs into the clinic and to upgrade its underlying cell engineering technology. That's the biggest stories of the week. Moving on to some smaller deals, although it seems to be the case again that we only have nine-figure rounds here. Starting with Manban Group, the Chinese trucking services platform, also known as Full Truck Alliance, has put in $1.7 billion through a round co-led by SoftBank Vision Fund and backed by another returning corporate investor, Tencent. Cash was reportedly secured at a valuation just short of $12 billion and shows the value of consolidation, the company being formed by the merger of rivals Hochibang and Wamaman three years ago. Then we also have Resilience, which has emerged from stealth with $800 million in funding. $750 million of that was raised in a Series B round featuring GV. The startup can be seen as one of what may well be a series of large-scale companies formed during the COVID-19 pandemic specifically to deal with its effects. It's working on an advanced manufacturing setup for gene and cell therapies as well as vaccines, proteins and viral vectors and should do brisk business considering the number of drug developers raising big money or going public right now. Digital property and casualty insurance provider Hippo has raised $350 million from Mitsui Sumitomo Insurance at a reported $2 billion valuation as part of a deal that will involve the latter taking on some of the risk for the company. The company has also revealed that MS and AD Ventures, like Mitsui Sumitomo, part of the MS and AD Insurance Group, was among the investors in its last round, a $150 million Series E in July that valued it at $1.5 billion post-money. Indian automotive e-commerce marketplace Cars24 has secured $200 million in a Series E round led by investment firm DST Global at a valuation topping a billion dollars. The company, which counts KCK Global as an earlier investor, also revealed its business has reached and surpassed pre-coronavirus levels, which could be a testament to the recovery of India's used car market or perhaps a sign it is simply migrating online. And for all the headlines being grabbed by the pharmaceutical sector, for very obvious reasons of course, the technology area that has really taken big steps forward this year is online education. Duolingo and Udemy both also raised more money this past week at unicorn valuations, Duolingo of course being a spin-out as well, while coding education platform developer CodeMao has bagged $198 million in Series D funding. The company's existing investors include Southern Publishing and Media and Cheetah Mobile, and the latest round was led by an affiliate of Barring Private Equity Asia. In fintech, meanwhile, Digital Bank Current has raised $131 million in a Series C round led by Tiger Global Management that valued it at $750 million. The deal came just over a year after the company secured $20 million in a round featuring Kuna Mutual's CMFG Ventures unit. That leap is another sign of the significant growth in the sector, though the neobank space is at the same time beginning to get somewhat crowded. Soma Logic, a developer of proteomics technology for use in drug treatments and healthcare data, has closed $121 million in a round led by life sciences investment firm Kasdan Capital. The company, interestingly, termed the round as a Series A, despite it being 20 years old 
and now the recipient of more than $485 million in funding in that time. Its earlier investors include Nanofang Life Sciences, iCarbonX, Novartis, Otsuka Pharmaceutical and Quest Diagnostics. Looking at funds, well, cleantech isn't the force it once was in the startup space, but it's a long way from being dead. Vestas, the biggest pure play wind turbine maker in the world, was reportedly considering the formation of a strategic investment arm back in 2017, but it's waited until now to launch the vehicle, dubbed Vestas Ventures. It'll invest roughly $1 million to $7 million per deal in renewables and sustainable technology developers. Financial services provider Oryx, meanwhile, has invested $60 million in Israel-based equity crowdfunding platform operator OurCrowd as part of a strategic collaboration deal. OurCrowd runs a venture capital investment platform that allows businesses and individuals to invest in a curated selection of startups across a range of sectors from seed to pre-IPO stage. And mobile network operator Orange has committed an undisclosed amount of capital to France-headquartered private equity firm Elvio France's Digital Health 2 or DH2, through its Orange Digital Investment Vehicle. DH2 has a $238 million target for its close, or 200 million euro at home, and is tasked with investing in SMEs in the digital health sector. Its target areas are France and the rest of Western Europe. Exits, we've got another company doing a reverse merger, and this time it's Metro Mile. It's the latest company to take the SPAC route to public markets, agreeing a reverse merger with Intsu Acquisition Corporation 2 in a deal set to value the merged business at about $1.3 billion. Like Hippo that I mentioned earlier, MetroMile is part of a new breed of digital insurers, though its selling point is as an automotive insurance provider that charges by the mile. Its investors include China Pacific, Amtrust, Tokyo Marine, Mitsui and Intact Financial. And Amazon has been one of the companies in the tech space that's benefited most financially from the coronavirus lockdowns, but other online marketplaces are also seeing their business models vindicated. Russia-based Ozon has floated above its range in an upsized IPO in the US that netted it $990 million, in addition to $135 million in a private placement from existing backers Systema and Baring Vostok. Systema remains its largest shareholder, with a 37% stake post-IPO. China-based Antigene is the latest oncology-focused company to move to the exit stage and has gone public in Hong Kong in a $360 million IPO in which it floated at the top of its range. It had raised $238 million across three rounds from investors including Wuxi Aptek's corporate venture fund, Salgin, Taikang and TigerMed Investment. And mass spectrometry device producer 908 Devices has filed to go public too setting a $75 million target for an IPO slated to take place on the Nasdaq global market. The company has raised $70 million in funding from investors including Saudi Aramco Energy Ventures and Schlumberger and has doubled revenue this year while significantly cutting losses. And as a reminder, of course, Airbnb, Roblox and Wish, which we've talked about earlier, are among the companies that could theoretically float in what's sure to be a busy December. And finally, some comings and goings for you. Georgia Tech has hired Ragupati Sivakuma, the Wayne J. Holman Chair Professor at its School of Electrical and Engineering, to serve as its inaugural Chief Commercialization Officer on an interim basis. Harris Stowe State University, a historically black public university, has promoted James Vogt to Chief Innovation Officer of its newly established Center for Academic Innovation and Technology Transfer, 
and University of Toronto has named Professor Leah Cohen as its first Associate VP for Research to better support faculty and boost the quality and impact of the institution's research across its three campuses. Cohen will step into the role in March next year and will hold the appointment for a four-year term. Lara Metcalf, meanwhile, has rejoined the engine, the tough tech venture firm set up by MIT and now also backed by Harvard, this time to serve as its CFO and COO. Metcalf had been a fellow at the firm for 11 months in 2018, and she's also been an advisor to MIT Solve, a social impact innovation platform since May last year. And finally, Cambridge Enterprise, the commercialization arm of University of Cambridge, is set to lose its chief executive, Tony Raven, by the end of next year as he announced his intention to retire. He's given the long notice period with the intention of supporting an orderly transition to his successor, Raven, who's been the CEO of Cambridge Enterprise since 2011, when he took over from Terry Worley following a serendipitous phone call he recollected on Gov's podcast last month. If you haven't listened to that one yet, do scroll back on your feed and download the interview now with a global leader who is only one of five to have received a Gov Lifetime Achievement Award and who's one of only a handful of people to have fundamentally changed the UK funding ecosystem. And that is it for this week's edition of the Global Venturing Review Podcast. As always, these are just the biggest stories of the week, so do check out globalcorporateventuring.com, globaluniversityventuring.com, and globalimpactventuring.com to find out everything else. And of course, do check back daily to stay on top of things as they happen. If you found this podcast useful, if you enjoy it, if this is your first time listening to us, please do hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. Don't forget to recommend us to your friends and colleagues. Maybe tweet about us as well. Quite like seeing those going out as well and promote us. And if you feel so inclined, why not recommend us to your peers on LinkedIn? On top of this news episode, of course, we also do weekly interviews with thought leaders from the corporate and university venturing worlds. With that, all that's left for me to do is wish you a productive week, and I will be back with you again next Monday. Goodbye. Global Venturing Review was produced by In-Ear Production. You can find out more by going to inearproduction.com.